Hello, and welcome back to the digital table of the Four Glory podcast. My name is John, and I have the pleasure of playing the group's resident wizard, Gwillem. If you've played tabletop role-playing games before, you may have already recognized a few things that separate Gwillem from the rest of the party, like casting spells and having a familiar. I'd like to give everyone a quick peek and see a bit of what's metaphorically under Gwillem's robes before we get into any more mischief. When creating a wizard in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, there are going to be a lot of decisions to be made right at level 1 that really help you, the player, flesh out your character. Of course, there's picking between spells and cantrips, but each wizard must also either specialize in a school of magic or decide to be a jack-of-all-magics but master-of-none kind of wizard. Gwillem is particularly interested in magic's ability to improve upon what's already there so transmutation was the natural school of choice for him. Wizards also choose an arcane thesis at first level. Improved familiar attunement was the thesis that caught my eye. Gwillem's familiar, Rupert, was the first thing he practiced magic with, and his desire to push the boundaries of physical forms once again made this an easy choice. Now, typically, a familiar gets two abilities at level one. Gwillem's arcane thesis instead gives Rupert three. We haven't seen much of Rupert, there has been a new nightmare behind each corner in the Gaunt Delight, and in Pathfinder, familiars aren't designed to be combat creatures. Familiars do get some other very handy abilities, though. Rupert has always had Scent, Flyer, and Manual Dexterity. Now, any other familiar abilities that aren't required by their form may be changed during each day's morning preparations. Having that flexibility to choose different combinations of the dozens of abilities available to familiars each day can really be very helpful and quite fun. Now, I haven't explored using different abilities with Rupert yet, but remember, we are just at level one, so let's just hope everyone makes it through this Cathedral of Bones. Who knows what else lurks within these cold walls of Gauntlet Keep? Email us. Tell us how you're liking the show at fourglorypod at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R glorypod at gmail.com. And now, For Glory is proud to present Episode 9, Is Anybody Home? Last time on the For Glory Podcast. Ghosts. Rising from overgrown graveyards. Oh, fascinating. Awful animated skeletal assholes. You gotta slaughter. You gotta rip and tear. I know you're with me. I need your help. I'm a doctor, damn it. Hooray! My character's gonna die. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> One down, three to go. Four if you count the dog. Yeah, that's half my hit points. Because if you hit dying four. You're dead forever. I've only got gold coins, guys. Does anyone have change? (laughs) This is a tough situation. The old razzle-dazzle. Fumble. Jack is not happy about that. And now, you're paying the price. You must go to him. It's like the undead equivalent of a Canadian tuxedo. That is very interesting. We're going to go check that out. Your story continues now.
star day. Goes run 24th. Late afternoon. A few hours before the sun begins its descent. A beautiful day in Otari. Nice, warm, beautiful open sky. The inner sea sends the town its love in the form of a frequent breeze to cool the sweat of the many lumberjacks, farmers, and fishermen working the town's outskirts. Magaloy is too busy serving drinks to work on her newest concoction, which came to her in a fever dream of carrots dancing with oranges. Inez Miro works with a shadowy, hooded man holding a large quill, poring over piles of papers and books. Carmine has hung up his hammer for the day, and is already pouring another glass of Yanderhof whiskey to enjoy before heading to the nook for the evening. Vandy is at the library, preparing her notes for tomorrow's sermon about the redemption of the wicked through persistent kindness and education. Rin paces nervously, frequently stopping to stare off to the north. Inside the ruins of Gauntlight Keep, the four cannot appreciate any of these things. The rays of the afternoon sun are obscured by the ever-present mist rising from the murky waters of the fog fen, and further inhibited by the dark stained-glass windows of this chapel. The warmth is unattainable here. Some force keeps this chamber cold. As cold as the grave. The sea breeze doesn't reach this far inland, and even if it did, what walls remain prevent its fleeting relief from the choking humidity of the swamp. In this chamber, V lies unconscious, covered in her own viscous, sparkling, sap-like blood. Borwin's hulking form casts a great shadow on the wall, carved with innumerable skulls. Strapped torch projects an uneasy, heaving image of violence. Jack is on his last leg, bleeding from his midsection and hip, sweating, aching, shaking. Gwillem is off to the north, casually examining the furniture. Wait, what? You say you're going to look around, right? Well, I had been trying to figure out what's on the dais, you know, checking out the altar in the middle of a haunting room. <laughs> All right, I'm going to roll a perception check for you. We're going to see what you see. The shrine has an ominous atmosphere, as if something immense, distant, is watching. Watching through those stained glass windows, you see the stone altar, made out of white stone, carved very, very well. If you were to lay a level on it, you feel like it would come up level. Corners look square. Looks nice. Uh, if you give a damn about that kind of thing. I don't know how Gwillem feels about stonework, but were you a dwarf, you'd think it's pretty nice. You don't see anything particularly interesting on there. There's two little recessed basin on there. Almost like a his and hers matching blood sacrifice altar. I'll give you that for free. You got, I guess, three more actions. What else? Can I do a recall knowledge on anything happening on the stained glass windows? Absolutely. Let's take a look and see what you got. I'm going to give you a, a little freebie and let you know this is kind of a tough roll. Now, you are trained in the appropriate skill here. Oh, unfortunately, you don't know. They look ominous. They make you feel uneasy, but nothing stands out. 
you see the orange star, you think uh, maybe that means something, but you don't know what. Okay, so the pup is cowering in the corner, scared and alone. I'm in front of the dais in this northern chamber, not seeing anything of immediate note that I can interact with. I don't understand really what's going on with these stained glass windows, so I'll just use my final two actions to return south near the other party members. <laughs> just take a leisurely stroll, swinging an umbrella. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Swinging your cane. <laughs> Twirling the cane. <laughs> Didn't realize what I meant. <laughs> you got the top hat going. <laughs> so moving back, Gwillem is going to position himself right in front of the uh, door to go back into that secret room. Just in case. It's his favorite place, of course. <laughs> I love a little safe triangular nook to hang out in. I don't care what you guys are doing, though. It's the strongest shape. Oh, the arch, man. The arch. Come on. All right. Borwin, what are you doing? Just to make sure, the glowing ball went this way, right? Yep. Yes, it went that away. It fled through the secret passage. Okay, so to make sure he takes care of that creature, Borwin will run to grab the torch. So first action, move. Second action, pick up the torch. Then he's going to move through the secret entrance and hope he still sees that orb of blue light. As you move back into that super cool triangular chamber, you're able to see that little blue mode of light floating through the thin, thin beams of sunlight that are trickling through the arrow slits on that northern, northwestern wall. It hits that light and just fizzles away into nothing. Oh. Wait, what? The end! The end of combat! Yay! Hooray! You guys did it. You killed two undead things. Little glowing undead balls of undead light. That is, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. A severe encounter for your level. That's that's a tough fight. You guys did it. Congratulations! Ooh! I felt it! one twenty? That is worth 120 experience points. Now, uh, for those of you listening at home, you may have noticed that I've never made any kind of mention of experience points, but uh, I assure you, we've been keeping track of them. Everybody gets them. Uh, we just, you know, talk about it after we're done playing. Uh, but yeah, you guys all get the 120 for that. And quiet spills through the chamber. Only to hear the rattling of healing tools as Gwillem immediately tries to see how he can help V. Well, from my understanding... The poppet is leaking maple syrup. The only solution <laughs> that you know... <laughs> pancakes. Fresh stack of pancakes. No, all right. Go ahead and make a medicine check to try to stop the bleeding. Yeah, well, you're not bleeding anymore. You're just, you're just, uh, you're unconscious and wounded. So, yeah, you're gonna, you can roll to do... The healings. Uh, be ten minutes. Yeah, ten minutes spent in here will allow you to try to give back some hit points. All right, let's see how we do... Ooh, medicine skill check of 10. I am going to use my hero point and do better. That is truly heroic of you. Come on, Gwillem. Second skill check is going to be a 16 after using the hey, hero point. Hey, that is hey, enough. Hey, hey. Yay. <laughs> All right, so you're going to get 11 hit points back, Ooh. and you will also nice. remove your wounded condition. How many wounded? The wounded too. All of it. Okay. I treated said wounds. There you go. Thank you. So yes, you are no longer wounded. You recover 10, or I'm sorry, 11 hit points. So everybody is quiet and calm. After just a brief moment, your brave pal Cringer, or not Cringer, that's, that's He-Man's brave pal, Henry, Henry the dog, returns and uh, he looks sad. 
Oh. <laughs> he looks ashamed, but, you know, he's there. He kind of gives you one of those little uh, headbutt nuzzles that dogs like to do. Oh. And uh, gives you the puppy dog eyes. After that 10 minutes, V will slowly, groggily come back to herself. <coughs> uh, uh, it looks like everyone is here. I, we won then? We certainly did. There, there, companion. How are you feeling? Uh, better than I did before I was unconscious. Swell. All right, let me go check and see how Jacko's doing. Golem will get up and uh, go and see how Jacko's doing. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing too good. Golem will help Jack lay down and get a little bit more comfortable and, you know, be in a good spot for him to go ahead and try treating Jack's wounds. And that will take another ten minutes. Oh, that's fair time for me, baby. Ten minutes. Let's get that result, and then the focus point returns to UV. Oh, that is a seven. So not a critical failure, but definitely not a success. And I can't hero point wave this one. Well, Jack, looks like you are out of luck. Indeed. Um, would I be able to do a treat wounds on myself? Yeah, you can try. You have a healing kit? I got healer's tools. That's what it is, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> All right, then yes. So seeing that not a whole lot's going on, uh, Jack's just going to huff to himself and just pull out his own medicine kit, start patching himself up. 14? 15's the DC. Yeah, you need a 15. Well, and since this hero point card is useless to me, I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to re-roll that. Giving it a try. <laughs> 12, so nothing. Oh. Oh, unfortunately, Nothing. Your wounds from your body just being gnawed on. That's uh, quite untreatable, sir. Indeed. (laughs) You're jabbing at the bite wounds with a little cotton ball, and you're like, ah, ah. Pretty much, yeah. This isn't working. V would have healed Borwin, since that would have been enough time to perform lay on hands and recharge a focus point with prayer. All right, so it's been, what, 20 minutes in here? And Borwin gets back six hit points. So, Gwilym is trying to patch the wounds up, but it's just too tender and too raw. Like Eddie Murphy. Indeed. <laughs> and Jack is looking frustrated, like, overall, even after the fight was over. And he just says, let me try. Takes out his own healing kit, tries to put wrappings around it, but it's just stinging too bad. And he's just, <laughs> I fucking hate this place! And he just throws his healing kit on the other side of the wall. On the other side of the wall? What, you, like, throw it outside? <laughs> no, no, just, like, like bonk right up here. <laughs> Borwin is going to approach Jack and just say, do you think this would help? And hand him his minor healing potion. Jack looks at it, studies it for a moment. If you're offering, I'll drink it. Please, for your wounds. Once you've imbibed, my friend, I believe there's something just up the stairs you should take a look at. Maybe make note in that journal of yours. Jack's going to take the bottle, uncork it, sniff it, and then slowly drink it. Romantic music plays. <laughs> you drink it, and you recover some hit points. Go for it. How many hit points do you recover? Ooh. Nice. That's a uh, eight. So oh. max on the die there. Oh, yeah. You got healed by the power <laughs> of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> got healed by the power of high fructose corn syrup. Guarantee there's some of that <laughs> stuff kicking around in these potions. Uh, the whole time, the whole past 20 minutes that you guys have been in here trying to patch up, you've felt eyes upon you. Uncomfortable, kind of eerie. 
It looks like the water that's trickling across these skulls etched into the stonework, it looks like they're crying. It's unsettling. Mm, this place. We should finish up our business here be done with it. Well, as I said, if you will all please uh, accompany me. Uh, accompany, uh, accompany, uh, accompany, accompany, accompany me. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right there, Porky. That's all, folks. If you all would please accompany me up here to the chamber up the stairs. And Gullum will say that as he proceeds. And with wide sweeping motions of his arms, he points, of course, at all of the windows. Points over at the dais. And will light up his staff, saying, Gola! Excellent. As everybody's walking during up the stairs, could Jack take a look at those skulls as he's walking with the group? You can. They look scully. Not like Jillian Anderson, but like skulls. Hmm. Anything about that's odd? Oh. Hmm. You notice something odd. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what, though. Hmm. Hmm. You notice that this chamber and the previous chamber, the triangular one that Gwilym's so fond of, are the only chambers that you've seen that are intact. There's no blown-out ceiling. There's no other damage. No crumbly walls. No crumbly walls. No blown-up anything. Other than, you know, the, the regular ravages of time in the previous room and exposure to the elements through the arrow slits, no other damage. So it's like in pristine condition, essentially? I would not say pristine, but I would say intact. Also, in this chamber, a complete lack of any kind of graffiti or markings to show someone has been here recently, aside from, you know, the corpse. So you guys head into the back. Towards the north, you see the gigantic 20-foot-tall stained-glass windows, the dais, the altar, arrow slits all around, and the creepy skulls carved into the walls. Man, Orin definitely wants to get out of here. <laughs> you you want to get out of here, you said? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this place gives him the fuck creeps. Well, as Gwilym has introduced everybody up here and, you know, shown everybody up here, are you guys going to be investigating up here? Borwin, what are you doing? Not touching shit. After Jack examines the skulls and takes another quick glance around the room, he notices something. And as he walks back up to the stairs to the group, he says, Have you noticed something strange about these last two rooms? Not particularly, as those then giant skeleton monsters. Well, look around here in particular. I'm going to make a quick perception roll for everybody. Ooh, V. Yeah? You see something move. Out of the corner of your eye. Huh. And as you turn to the left to see it, there's nothing. If they're all entranced with stuff up here, Gwilym is going to sneak back down the stairs to check out the corpse of the dude laying down by the door that goes back into the triangle room. Sure, yeah, yeah, you head back down and start checking him out. What else is going on up here? Jack would probably be continuing. Well, the thing that I noticed was... This room and that triangle room that we were in before, there's very minimal damage. No collapsed ceiling, no cracks, nothing. Savoy. I do not like this place. I could have sworn I saw something, and it feels like something is watching. I would prefer if we could continue this conversation elsewhere. Could I also take a look at the stained glasses and notice those uh, 
that four-point star. Well, you definitely notice it immediately. Let's get a recall knowledge for you. Let's see. No, you, you don't know. It's something. This room is definitely some kind of chapel. Some sort of religious importance here, but you are completely unfamiliar with what kind of god or, or religion this would be associated with. Hmm. I would imagine it probably stand the reason that if they're undead in a chapel, and like the holy symbol is like right there, and it didn't do anything to deter them, I guess it wouldn't be outside of the possibility that this is not a good god. <laughs> Let's get out of here. And Jack's going to begin walking down the stairs. What's this guy got? What's the guy got for me? Okay, you search over the corpse of the person that was trying to escape the chamber at the moment of his death. Slung from his hip is a rapier. Tucked into his belt are one, two, three, four daggers. He's wearing a ring that is silver. In a belt pouch, there are two vials of liquid. One of them, a fairly viscous orange color the other a less viscous black but in the black liquid float suspended little flecks of silver that if you swirl it about those flecks stay in place while the fluid moves awesome Gwillem finally has his hands on some liquid (laughs) (laughs) uh go ahead and mark that stuff down and put a note in there that these are from location a 15. That way we can find what those are once you get to them. Location A15? A15er. Alright, alright. Okay, viscous orange liquid, viscous black liquid with silver flecks that stay stationary. Interesting. That is what you found on that corpse. Willem will hand everybody each one dagger and keep one for himself. Well, it's uh, not a gold coin, but I can still share one with everybody. Jack takes it and puts it into his pack. Thank you. Oh, uh, also, Jack, I believe you would make better use of this than anybody in here. And he will hand you a rapier. Hmm. This rapier looks real nice. Very fancy. You know, the one you've got is kind of beat up. You know, you've had it for a while, and it's a little run down. But this thing... This looks nice. The basket for it, the part that goes around your hand, instead of just being, you know, a, a simple kind of utilitarian design, it's it's sweeping and twisting, and it looks really nice. It's also got a uh, scabbard that it's in that is also really nice. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Gwillem. Yes? This rapier seems a little bit more fancier than usual. Can you maybe do a detect magic on it? Well, yes, I can see if there's magic in this item. Alright. Canford Hood! Gwilym will cast uh, detect magic as his cantrip. You detect magic within 30 feet. You send out a pulse that registers the presence of magic. You receive no information beyond the presence or absence of magic. You can choose to ignore magic you're fully aware of such as magic items and ongoing spells of you and your allies. Yeah, I'm ignoring my light spell, I'm ignoring my plus one morning star, I'm ignoring... My entire existence. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think, I think, honestly, I think Willem's been doing that for the past couple episodes. <laughs> I just healed her. I just did something. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Dispel. All right. So, uh, yeah, yeah. You find magic within thirty feet. Oh well, yes, Jack. This does seem to have uh, interesting properties. If I might ask you to please join me at my abode when we return to Otari, and I believe I can look into this item further. All right. Once you discover that an item, location, or ongoing effect is magical, you can spend ten minutes to try to identify the particulars of its magic. If your attempt is interrupted, you must start over. You would roll, oh, I would roll, woohoo, secretly, and it's a ten-minute activity. So I had just said that Jack should uh, follow me home and I'll learn about it at home, but you said it's only a 10-minute activity? We've taken about 20 minutes so far. V's not feeling comfortable. So I guess, is Jack going to feel... another perception roll for everybody in here. Ooh. Gwillem? Gwillem, you see, just off to the left, something skitter on the wall. As you turn your focus to where it was, nothing. And, uh, hmm, okay. There seem to be some creepy crawlies in here. Well, V, you feel uncomfortable and wish to leave. Everybody, do you feel the same? Yeah, let's get out of here. On our way, I'd like to uh, pick through those bones, if you don't mind. Sure, I'll stand guard. All right. While he's doing that, I'll be actively seeking. What are you actively seeking? Anything that might try to jump at us. Creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies. <laughs> okay. Um... You're, you're scouting. Scout activity. You scout ahead and behind the group to watch danger. Moving at half speed, start of the next encounter, every creature in your party gets a plus one circumstance bonus to their initiative rolls. So, you search through the piles of bones. The one that fell just on top of this man you just searched through. You see in the skull one golden tooth. You can free it from there with without too much effort. With the shovel! <laughs> There you go. Uh, and the other pile of bones. About the neck of one of them, there's some sort of amulet. While everything else that these once wore has rotted away, these two things remain. Took the golden tooth. Gulam would then walk over, picked up the amulet from the other one. As he picked up the amulet, he would also grab a bone and say, uh, Good boy, Henry, and kind of lob it over. <laughs> <laughs> v smacks it away. Do not feed him that. Oh, uh, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> no longer it's been there. He's as bad as a bone on the ground for centuries. Another round of perception checks. Okay, none of you notice anything unusual. It's because there's nothing unusual to notice. <laughs> All right, Alons, let's get out of here. You have two clear exits from this chamber. You've got the secret passage you entered from and the set of double doors to the south. I am quite partial to uh, returning to the secret room to the left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where I was headed. Indeed. Yeah, we'll go back out the way we came. Okay. I remember a particular drawing of scorpion-looking creatures, so I'm not a fan of going that way. Mm -hmm. Jack is going to linger behind, wait for everybody to go through the door first. They do. Okay. Jack is going to take one more look around, see if like he might be able to spot anything skittering along the walls. Is there anywhere specific you'd like to check? Uh, in this general area. Okay. No, but you f you feel like there's something watching you. Oh, fuck this place. He's going to walk through and push the button to close the door. 
The door slowly rumbles and slides closed. As we make our way out, Gwilym will say, Well, now that we're out, where are we making our way out to? Shall we consult Skrong's map? You do that. You look at the map. The map. The map. The map! <laughs> Alright, so we are obviously trying to avoid the room of the pinchers, those scorpions. Are we... Oh, there's pinchy on there. Pinchy. Oh, there's an eye. That's an eye. I gotcha. Yeah. We want to avoid a pinchy room, of course. So, shall we try to make our way up? Or will we venture down? Well, looking at this map, every room on there other than the pinchy room, you have been to. Right. And V is trying to go up still to get to the light, is that correct? V was actually going to look at Jack and ask him. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Jacques, I pulled you away from your job. What would you like to do? Would you like to explore this place more? Or she holds out the keys again. We found the keys. They might let us go into the lighthouse. We could try to be done with this place as soon as possible. That is your decision. I brought you here. I will leave my decision to you. Jack's going to cross his arms, kind of looking around. You can kind of see the gears turning in his head. And he says, You know, honestly, the quicker we get out of here, the better. I'd rather not have to come back here again. May I suggest we finish patching up? Borwin, Jack, how are you guys? Jack's going to need some healing. Warren looks relatively well. A little bruised up, but nothing too bad. Yeah, I I would want to take as much time as we can to like try to get everyone close to full, if not full. Right. <laughs> We're safe in the triangle room. <laughs> yeah, you feel you feel real good about it. You know, it's uh, it, there's safety <laughs> in triangles. In triangles. <laughs> <laughs> it is a a right feeling kind of a triangle. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it just feels right. There you go. They're also attracted to fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's roll for Jack to not recall knowledge. <laughs> Jack was more interested in the rapiers, though. Like he's trying to like hold like the new rapier, try to get a weight of the balance while uh, Gwilym is doing the Feels training nice. wounds. Feels good. Feels fancy. So if okay. all we got then is waiting for V to do that, that means Gwilym would have time to try to inspect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you guys want to do that. Uh, well, I could also roll to heal Borwin. Yeah, do that first, but it's I'm going to have to do probably multiple okay. lay on hands. Mm-hmm. So try to heal Borwin. All right. And then uh, V is able to do six points of healing to somebody. I'll give it to Jack first. Okay. Yay. Thank you. Now, with me being back at max hit points, that means my wounded condition also drops, correct? Yeah. Sweet. So for the medicine check... To heal Borman, I got a 19. Okay, so yeah, go ahead and do the thing. Alright, 2d8 is going to be 8 hit points. Back to Borman. Okay. Right, back to full health. Nice. Cool. And then uh, another 10 minutes while V recharges, then the wounded goes away. And then in that time, then you get to make a test to try to identify it. Um, what you, get, you are able to identify one item of your choice. Jack is asking me to identify the rapier, so I will save anything else that I may or may not have gathered to identify later. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is a plus one rapier. So, Jack, it appears that it's not just in looks. This rapier really is just better than the one you have. Appreciate it. Yeah. I like the feel of this thing. I mean, he makes a few, like, test thrusts with it. Yeah, uh, you hit. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, take that air. That reminds me. 
Uh, Baldwin, you were chasing that other mode of light. Where'd it go? Oddly enough, it came into this room. As I had walked in, it walked into some sort of ray of light. The ones that are coming through those... The arrow slits? Yes. Once that happened, the light just dissipated. Interesting. We're going to finish up what we're doing in our uh, hangout sesh. We're going to say we spend an hour, okay? I think that would give William enough time to check. Yeah. For, too, yeah. So we're going to do an hour. It's enough for you to do the lay on hands for everybody. Uh, you're going to be able to also try to identify one more thing. Uh, you fail and then one more after that. So what's another thing you'd like to identify? The silver ring. The silver ring. You try to identify it. It is a silver ring. You try to identify it more through arcane means. It is a silver ring. Gotcha. Okay. Silver ring. <laughs> I think it might be a silver ring. But it's my silver ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. So Willem will put on the silver ring. All right, so there we go. Um, it stays on your finger like a ring should. Now that that hour has passed, everybody's feeling a lot healthier. What's next? It is now mm, mid-afternoon. Feeling a little extra confident, Gwilla will uh, open the door leading out of the favored triangle room, back out towards the spiral staircase to go up now that we have the keys. You're going to head back into the the lighthouse. Yes, I believe that's what we discussed. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, yeah, Gwilla with the light will lead the way towards said spirally staircase. V is riding Henry because I ain't dealing with that shit again. (laughs) <laughs> and Boron's following from behind. As we're walking back towards the lighthouse, Jack will say out loud, Keep your eyes up. We don't know if we're being followed or not. As you leave the area that you were in, you don't have that sense anymore. Your mind's a little bit more at ease. The chapel was just freaking me the fuck out. We've had eyes on us the whole time we've been here. You know, our welcoming committee. They've been scurrying about. We've been watched this whole time. Never you mind, just focus on yourself. I suppose. Jack's going to continue following behind Willem. You make your way through the ruins, back to the entrance to this lighthouse. The door is still gone. You head back to the lighthouse. The doorway still stands open, and the torch and the light spell illuminate the area. There's still that puddle of blood. Does it ripple again if I look at it? You don't know if it doesn't ripple if you don't look at it, but when you look at it, Every once in a while, it does ripple out. So who's going to drink it? <laughs> no? Okay, all right, yeah. Henry, no! Don't, 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 drink, don't drink it. Gwillem isn't even that fucked up, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're here. I don't believe I shall lead any further. Could I use my, uh, my one ability, Expeditious Inspection, to do like a seek at that puddle? Hmm. So you're going to seek... That area. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes, excellent. Yep. Let's see what you find. Now, this whole process is a free action. You've got that analytical mind that quickly takes in all those details and you make note of them in your brain. As you glance at this rippling pool of blood, you don't see anything fall into it, but it reacts as if something has dropped into it. Looking at it, it doesn't look like it's thick. You know, it doesn't. It looks like it's just wet there. There's no creatures inside. Nothing's in there. Is there like a like a rock or a stone around? 
uh, not in here, but like just into the other the the hall that you came from. Yeah, you can find pieces of stuff, no problem. I uh, one moment. Jack's just gonna step out for a moment into the previous room, looking for a rock. Yeah, you got one. Okay. Jack is going to come back into the room with the rock, and he says, "Let's climb the stairs. I just need to satisfy something." Okay, Rocco. Basically, looking at that puddle. The ripples act like something's dripping into it, but obviously nothing is. But the oddest still is that it, it ripples at odd intervals. But I ain't going anywhere near that blood, and I'd rather none of you do it either. So I figured, if we climb the stairs a little bit, maybe we can just drop this rock into that puddle from a safe distance and see if anything happens. Yes, let's climb the stairs. Everyone's been rushing to go up, so let's do it. Right, but be careful. Those stairs still sway. And wouldn't it be better to be on solid ground? Well, if something jumps out of here, I'd rather not be in its, you know, biting range. I wouldn't want to be up on top of the stairs either. Well, it just kind of seems like all the way since we got to go up the stairs. I figure may as well just kind of kill two birds with one stone. We've been up the stairs before. Let's go. Please, I'd rather not throw the rock down at the moment and find something scary trying to attack us while we're trying to climb up the rest of the way. Point made. And Jack will stow away the rock. Okay. Put that you in your inventory. Have a rock. <laughs> okay. So, you guys gonna go up these stairs or what? Yep. Climbing carefully. Who's got that key? I got the key. All right. You go up the stairs. Who's in, who's who's going first? Not like it's super important or anything like that. I just you know like just <laughs> who wants to who wants to put their feet onto the first step first? Yeah, I made the keys. I'll go first. All right, she hands them to you, and she'll go behind you. All right, and Jack's going to very carefully begin climbing up. Okay, yeah, you go up the stairs. Yeah, it's fine. You know, the stairs are wobbly, and they rickety, and they creak, and they groan. But they hold. You make it up to the top to that trap door. That trap door that we saw last episode. Now, you had two keys that were still intact. Do you guys remember what was on those keys? One was a lighthouse, and one was something else. Correct. So the one with the lighthouse, I'm guessing, is the one you want to try. Yes. That's a good plan. So you put the key into the keyhole. As you turn, you feel confident that the door is unlocked. Okay. All right. Fortune favors the bold. And he opens the trap door. You push the door open. Unfortunately, Henry's not going to have an easy time getting up in there. On account of the dogness of him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to reveal... Ah! Oh, yeah, it's bright as shit up here. <laughs> we see the blue eye of Sauron. <laughs> Better than the brown eye of Sauron. All right, so... <laughs> as you emerge into the cupola of Godlike Keep, you look about and you see rows of black metal bars encasing this circular chamber like a cage. Shimmering waves of force flicker between those bars giving the illusion that softly glowing glass encases the entire area. Otherwise, this room appears empty, save for a human-sized encasement of glass and iron that flickers and glows with an unsettling, almost nauseating pale blue shimmer in the center of the chamber. Once Gwilym gets up there, he will cast Detect Magic at it. Oh, oh! you better believe there's magic within 30 feet of you. 
Now that we're finally looking at this thing, Willem will cast Pocket Library again, reaching into his material component pouch, Ooh. pulling out that little piece of paper, snapping it forward. Kushavagash! And that will uh, attempt to help me on a recall knowledge check on what this thing is. Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Let's see. You... What do you you get? Uh, what? Uh, how much that gives you a bonus? What does it give you? I get a plus one bonus to my check. It is a beefy, beefy bonus. Oh, but if you get a critical failure on the check, you get a regular old failure instead. There's that. The book that you have pulled out of the pocket dimension opens. The pages flip left to right, right to left, and they finally settle on a blank page with no information. You know nothing about this thing. Gwillem slams the book shut and it disappears back into its interdimensional library. Well, this is quite vexing. This is the second thing I don't think I could find anything about. I don't like this one bit. Anything for that odd for me? Aside from like this giant light? Um, there's not really anything else in here. You said that was pulsating though? Who? You? Did you say what the light was pulsating? I'm not pulsating. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's flickering and glowing with an unsettling, almost nauseating pale blue shimmer. The more you look at this light, the less you feel like getting dinner. It hits you just the right way to make you feel unpleasant, kind of grossed out. You feel like if you stare at this thing for too long, you're just going to puke out. Is there anything I can do? I can recall knowledge on it at all? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Let's try... You have the right knowledge, but do you have enough of it? You know for certain, for absolute certain, that this light is here to prevent ships from crashing into the rocks in <laughs> this landlocked swamp miles and miles and miles. Not that, not that many miles. Too many miles away for it to make sense for it to be here. You got a critical failure. <laughs> I may have gotten a critical failure as well, but uh, that book helped me perhaps not. Let's move on, please. I fucking hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Something that just kind of popped into my head just now. Looking at this sickly light, would I be able to see if like anything's like dripping below it? Hmm. You investigate. You find no trace of any kind of liquid up here. Hmm. Is there a hole down below it? There is not. Not that you can see, but staring into this thing is making you just nauseous. You feel you, you feel a little a little bit dizzy. You feel like a little bit weak. Uh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, Gwilym doesn't like being up here with this nauseating thing he doesn't understand. Uh, having the trapdoor flung open, he'll start making his way down. Fucking Rin, I don't know. I don't understand why we're here. It's just a blue light. I just don't understand. Let's go. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Let's get out of here. Jack's eyes are going to still linger at the uh, light as he goes down. Once everyone has made their way down, Gwilym will say, Well, I believe we should take that hidden staircase down. There doesn't seem to be anything up here for us. We should go down and deal with this Mushroom King. Well, I am not sure about going straight for the Mushroom King and taking sides in this struggle. 
There are many things we left behind and did not investigate deeply. We did not touch the light or the pool of blood. And there are the two rooms not affected by the rot. And there were a couple of rooms on that map we did not go to. Ah, but this map has not been terribly reliable. And it's crudely drawn. So you <laughs> know on that map that there were two rooms that did not appear. That is true. Whether they were just forgotten about or haven't been explored or were ignored or what, they weren't on the map. Your map only shows you a few more things. Let's Hey, let's all take a look at that map together. All these rooms have been explored. We're missing. You haven't seen Pinchy. You haven't done anything about the uh, bot or boat, I guess. The the dragon Rogan. outside there. And uh, th- this this big ghost. You haven't seen that at all. But that's basically where you are currently. And there's the stairs down. Unless you want to visit Pinchy, I really urge us to travel downstairs. I have it on good authority. There are some unfortunate souls that we must rescue while we're here today. Why did you not tell us this before? Oh, well, well, we were already coming back here. We've been exploring it. There didn't seem to be a need to mention it until uh, now. Then yes, let us go save who's ever in here. Onward we go. You travel through the Great Chamber. You head north into the room with the collapsed ceiling and the rotten bookshelves, destroyed desk and chair. And the hidden staircase that goes downward. Barwin, before we go down, will you hold this shovel, please? Gwillem holds out the shovel he's been carrying. Barwin slowly reaches for the shovel and takes it. As you lift it out of Gwillem's hands, you can tell his arms were shaking, almost, (laughs) from the weight of it. (laughs) Uh, It's a very heavy shovel for Gwillem. He can't really hold on to it well. Alright, so let's double-check your encumbrance there. So your encumbrance is at 5, and your current total bulk is 5. Yep, being encumbered went away on my character sheet when I gave him the shovel. I was encumbered when I had the shovel still, and uh, encumbered and clumsy were automatically applied to my character sheet. But then both went away as soon as I lost the shovel, so I'm all good. Mm, Okay, so I guess it's up to that amount. So uh, anything else? (laughs) <laughs> Any additional items, and you are encumbered. He's weak. <laughs> okay, so you head in. You move towards the stairs. Are you able to see down there? This is where the TBK happens. Oh, there's so many places for that to happen. Oh. So many places. Oh, it's so deadly. Okay, who's going first down the stairs? This is a real important question because... Who's going first? Uh, <laughs> Rock, baby. Vote for Jack <laughs> so that we can make use of his that's odd ability. <laughs> make use of his human shield ability. <laughs> it's either that or me because I have dark vision. Oh. My staff is still lit with the light spell. Okay. Hmm. I mean, I have no problem going down there first. Then I will be behind you. All right. I'd like to say now that I'm taking my shield out okay. while holding the lance. Who's going in third? I take Willem. Oh, fine. I'll follow. <laughs> and Borwin is last. Okay. 
Yeah, that way if something's trying to sneak up behind us, we got another meat shield. Gotta put the the weak meat in the middle. Willem is having a little plate. PTSD about having that axe near his back, though. <laughs> yeah, well, it's right behind <laughs> yeah, you Yeah, that's again. what I'm saying. It's like drawn towards my back almost magnetically. The four of you head down the stairs. Looking down, it's just darkness. Until Gwillem gets a little bit closer and sheds the light down there. The stairs go down. And down. And down. And it ends at a single wooden door with iron banding. Who wants to open the door? Looks like it's going to be old Jack. You put your hand on the door. You push. And the door creaks open. And on the other side is next week's episode. How dare you? Be the worst. We can't wait another week for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 <laughs>